you, we give you glory. We bless your holy name. We ask, O oh God, that you speak to us. We pray, O oh God, for your glory to be seen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 18, 23 to 35, Bible says that, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who had settled account with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one, of, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. And he was not able to pay his master. His master commanded, I'm not happy with the sound, please. His master com commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. And payment be made. The servant therefore fell before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Then the servant went out and found one fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii. And he laid his hand on, his, on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So the fellow servant fell on his feet and begged, saying, Have patience with me, I'll pay you all. And he, he would not, and went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So his fellow servants saw, when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved, very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. And the master, after, had called, after he had called him, said, you wicked servant, I forgive you all the debts because you begged me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servants, just as I had pity on you? His master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father will also do to you, each of you, from, this, from his heart. Who from his heart does not forgive his brother? His trespasses. Hallelujah. So, uh, Matthew chapter number 6, verse 14 and 15. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter number 6, verse 14 to 15. Ready? Go. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, Neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Amen. And my final scripture is Psalm 130, verse 1 through 2, 4. Amen. Can I have everybody in the foyer come in, please? And if you don't have any business doing I don't want you to be standing at the back. Just find somewhere and sit, please. Out of the debt, the debt I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you, Lord, should mark our iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Verse 4 is what I'm interested in. But there is forgiveness. Somebody say there is forgiveness with you that all me, that you may be feared. Hallelujah. The word there, the forgiveness, is El Shakar. Or shaka, which means forgive and forget. Hallelujah. God doesn't just forgive, but he forgives and he forgets. Hallelujah. If you're looking for a subject title, I want to speak in the next few minutes on walking in forgiveness. Hallelujah. Walking in forgiveness. Now, forgiveness to us as Christians is something that we have been called to do. Hallelujah. Now, forgiveness is not a noun. Forgiveness is a verb. And when we say something is a verb, it's in the same family as stand. When somebody tells you to stand, what would you do? You do something. Because it's an action word. If somebody tells you run, what would you do? You do something. Because it's an action word. In the same way, when somebody says forgive, it is what? A doing word. You have to do something. So God is saying to us as Christians that we must forgive. 
It must walk in forgiveness. It's not a, a noun. It's not a place. It's not a thing. It's not when I feel like it. When I, uh, no, when he says forgive, what do you do? You must learn to forgive. It is only in Christianity, in the prayer that the master taught us, that he says that our forgiveness is linked together with our forgiving others. Hallelujah. He says that forgive, uh, forgive us as we also forgive those who what? Trespass against us. Forgive our trespasses just as we forgive others. In other words, if we do not forgive others their trespasses, don't forgive us. Hallelujah. If we don't learn how to walk in forgiveness, then we must not expect forgiveness. So he told the parable, Jesus told the parable that a man had two servants or a few servants and he decided to ask the servants who owed him to come and reckon with him. And then this man came owing thousands of pounds or thousands of talents and he couldn't pay. So he asked for mercy and he was given what? Mercy was forgiven. The man decided to forgive him all his debts. He owed thousands. He couldn't pay. Then he left the presence of the master, went into uh, the courtyard, and he saw another servant, fellow servant, that owed him hundreds. You owed 5,000. Was it 5,000? 5,000 pounds you couldn't pay, and you were forgiven. Somebody owes 100 pounds. And he held the man by the throat. Before you judge that man, can I introduce that man to you? Now that man in the story is you. As you are holding on to the grudge that you think is so big, have you considered the thousands of offenses that you have committed to God and somehow he forgives. And someone said, he said that if God will mark our iniquities, who will stand? But there is forgiveness in God. So all may fear him. We are made and we are created in the image of God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27, 28, it says, let us make man in our own image. So in the image of God, he created us. Male and female, he created them. He created us in his image. So if there is forgiveness in God, it also means there is forgiveness in us. If God can forgive, then we also have the ability and proclivity to forgive. If only we choose to walk in forgiveness. If only we choose and we decide that we are going to forgive, then we are going to learn how to forgive. Christianity without forgiveness is no Christianity. Hallelujah. And it's not just us going to God every day asking him to forgive us, but we learning how to forgive people that have offended us. Hallelujah. Jesus said something that it is necessary that offense will come. I think it's Matthew 71. Luke 71. Luke 71. It says that it is impossible that offense, we can never live without offense. It's, it's impossible. Offense should come. Hallelujah. It's impossible to walk without offending somebody. It's impossible to have a friendship without offense. It's impossible to have a family without offense. It's impossible to have a church without offense. It's impossible to have a school, a group without offense. Because you are a human being, because I am a human being, if we work together, definitely I may offend you or you may offend me. Offense is necessary. You can't run away from it. It is with us. That is why we must learn how to walk in forgiveness. 
Because if you don't know how to forgive, you don't know how to live. Can I say that again? If you don't know how to forgive, you don't know how to what? Live. Why? Because definitely you will be offended. So understand, I'm going to give you a few important things about forgiveness. Forgiveness was about 70% of the theme that Jesus preached. If you read the Bible, you realize everything that Jesus talked about, you can narrow it down to forgiveness. But 70% of his message was about forgiveness. In the church today, we find it difficult to preach forgiveness. Because the pastors themselves, they are bitter. They can't easily forgive. So they can't preach about it. Hallelujah. Jesus came to reconcile man to God. What do you think that is about? To reconcile man who has offended God back to him. The, the story of the prodigals, almost all the parables was about forgiveness. Trying to make up. Trying to, there's, there's a, a whole chapter in Matthew. He gave about seven different, uh, five different pro, uh, parables. Each one, the, the uh, what do you call it? The lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son. And all those, there are about five different ones, prof, uh, parables. Each one of them was talking about forgiveness. How to learn to forgive. Hallelujah. It is very important for us to understand that forgiveness is paramount. The second important thing that I... You are welcome. Brother? You have made the first cardinal sin. Go back and go and bring your wife. Never ever leave your wife. The first time a man left his wife, Satan spoke to her. When when Adam left Eve, Satan spoke to her. Amen. I've forgiven already. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Mark chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. He says that whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will the heavenly Father also forgive you. Amen. See that even in church, when you, you, you come here, there's no point in being here and being offended by somebody or bearing a, a grudge. See, another thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a prison that you keep, that you keep yourself out of. Forgiveness is healing. Am I talking to somebody? Most of the sicknesses, the bone uh, diseases we have, is as a result of unforgiveness. Most cancers is a result of unforgiveness. That is why most of these cancers and bone sickness happen at the end of life. At when you have been, when you are old and a lot of people have offended you. And accumulated a lot of unforgiveness. Doctors, am I saying, if I'm saying wrong, please correct me. What, what age do you suddenly have bone diseases and uh, latter part, isn't it? Young people are very free from certain diseases because young person doesn't... You offend the person, by the time they move to the door, they've forgotten. Are, are you with me? Young, you have a three-year-old, you, for, you, you offend, you smack them, they will cry for two seconds after they will run around and come back to you and hug you and tell you I love you. But when they grow a little bit and you smack them, say, hey, this one. <laughs> they, start, they start 
giving you silent treatment because you told them off. You shouted at them in front of their friends. Ah, when they become teenagers and you shout at them. Hallelujah. Bitterness makes you have, and unforgiveness gives you high blood pressure. And most diseases start as a result of high blood pressure. Because when your blood is boiling, it is damaging your internal organs. I have, I have two, two or three doctors here now, isn't it? Medical. Four medical doctors here. And then I have a few nurses as well. So if what I'm saying is, is not true, please, please correct me. Oh, I have more. I didn't realize there were more doctors here. There are more. Today, please, doctors, give me a wave. Give me a wave. Oh, give me a wave, doctor. Medical doctors. Medical. Not uh, if you talk about doctors, half of the church will raise their hand. I said medical doctors. Not PhD. Not PhD doctors. <laughs> so, Pastor Sam, don't raise your hand. <laughs> doctor Bernard, don't raise your hand. You people, your doctor is not proper doctor. You see, these things, they damage your internal organs. Unforgiveness is like a prison that you built because somebody offended you. And instead of putting the person who offended you into that prison, do you know who you put there? Yourself. Are you with me? You build a prison with a big door and a big lock, big key, and the person who goes in because of the offense is not the one who offended you, but you take yourself into that prison. You take yourself. And you put yourself there and lock yourself, hoping that it will pain the person. The person has forgotten about that offense. And you are walking freely. I was talking about uh, uh, offense in, in, uh, in Hall Church last Sunday, and I was saying that when I was about 13 years old, a guy did something to me. I was very ill in the secondary school. I was in a boarding school. I was very ill. And I was... Um, I was put in the infirmary for about two days because I was really ill. And... I had to go back to my dormitory to go and get a change of clothes. So I was walking to the dormitory, feeling very feverish and feeling very sick. As I was walking, it was uh, school time, so everybody had gone to the lectures. And this guy, this senior, he saw me coming down from the infirmary, and he decided to slap me and beat me. I was, I was... 13, 14 at the time. How many years ago was that? Many, 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 many years ago. I never forgot and I never forgave the guy. One day, I was working at home in my area. This was about seven, eight years. By that time, I was this tall. He was this tall. I was this big, he was this big. And as I was walking, I mean, my, I was the area champion. My, I mean, my area, everybody knows me. And as I was coming out of my area, I turned the, the road, and then here's this guy coming out of the house. And I said, today is my day. I'm going to give him exactly what he gave me. Because he started slapping me without any provocation. So I'm going to go to him and slap him without any provocation and walk away. <laughs> if you know me and you've been in this church for a long time, you know that me when I was younger, I used to like fighting. Fighting was something that I really like and enjoy. It's, it's, it's part of my... <laughs> it was part of my call. That's what fighting is something that I used to enjoy. So I was... About, I was planning how to walk to this guy. So I was just going. Then just behind him, the, the gate opened. And this girl comes out. And this girl is my friend from way back. I didn't know that the girl was his younger sister. 
saw the girl. I saw the girl. So I started talking to the girl. Then the guy, the guy couldn't even recognize me. The one that he beat me and hit me that I had meant all these years, he couldn't recognize. He had forgotten. Meanwhile, I had been in prison for seven years or more, waiting for the opportunity to deal with this guy. when you don't forgive, the person that offended you has moved on. They don't even remember their story. They don't remember. This guy, you know, when later when I told my friend, I told her what the brother did to me and what I had planned to do to the brother. This was many years after. My, my, my friend went and told the, the brother, I said, me? How? When? What happened? Why would I do a thing like that? It's no, no, it can't be me. I was like, ha! That was even worse. But you see, a few years later, I seen this nice girl that I wanted to marry. And in fact, she had become, she had just agreed and we had become beloved. We had started a relationship. And she was the follow-up, one of the follow-up people in the church. And I was the one of the, I was the music director, so I was in front of the stage. And this guy came to the church for the first time. And when he came, of course, my beloved went to follow up. How are you? What's your name? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. It's nice. What's your name? Then the guy said, is that guy? In this church. Were we married? Yeah. Okay. So he said, is that guy in this church? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, that's my husband. He said, this guy. <laughs> do you know what he did to me? And my wife said, what, what did he do? He put me under his bed and he slept on it. <laughs> ah, my wife came and told me that. I said, me? Why would I do a thing like that? When I was in school, I never, I, I mean, I'm, I was never a bully. In fact, I used to like bullying the bullies. That was me. I, I don't like people being bullied or anybody bullying anybody. I'll go for the person's bullying and I will do something to the person. So I couldn't, I said, me. See, but as I was, as I was, I couldn't see it. Immediately I remember that this guy, he couldn't remember. Meanwhile, this guy had remembered how many years ago? I mean, well, I was married then. So there must have been a few, about more than 30 years. But he remembered. 30 years. He said, I put him under the bed. See? The thing that you are holding on to, the one who did it doesn't remember. And you see, when they start denying it, it will even pain you the more. And you want to do something bad to the person because they don't remember what they did to you. It's called, it's called you were in the prison and you were hoping that the person come and join you in the prison, but they won't come in there. Hallelujah. So why should you be in the prison? This afternoon, release the prison door and walk away freely from it because you don't belong there. Hallelujah. Number three. The third thing that I want you to know is that forgiveness is the example of a Christian life. Jesus Christ forgave us. Hallelujah. Jesus forgave the people. God has forgiven us all our sins. Hallelujah. He says that he has put our sins in the sea of forgetfulness so that he remembers our sins no more. How come you remember the sins of others? And it's only 100 denarius of hurt. Whereas thousands of hurts you have hurt God, he has forgiven you. The offense you are holding on to is so small. Let it go. Hallelujah. Realize how Christ has completely forgiven you. Anyone that is born of God is a new creation. Behold, all things are what? Passed away and everything has become new. Behold, 
this afternoon, all offenses that have been offended you has passed away. Everything has become brand new from today. So as you live here, go and be okay with the person. Reconcile with that person who offended you. Let it go. Relate with him as if he never did anything wrong. That is our basic Christian test. Our basic Christian test is the test of forgiving others. What shows that you are a Christian is your ability to forgive. If you cannot forgive, you are not a Christian. Because God's ability to love us is forgiving us. Bible says that, and God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died to, to, to uh, pay our price. He forgave us with the price of his, his life whilst we were still in our sins. Hallelujah. So the mark of our Christianity is the ability to forgive. The next thing is that forgiveness also is a mark of your maturity in Christ. Don't tell me you are a matured Christian if you can't forgive. Amen? Jesus said that unless you be converted and to become like a child, you can never enter into the kingdom of God. Unless you be converted into becoming like a little child. Who easily forgives? Who never gets offended? Who believes all things? Who has faith in everything? You tell a child, you buy a child a plane. He believes it. Then you go and come expecting the plane and then they come, where's my plane? Ah, I forgot, I forgot, I'll buy another time. When I go again, I'll, this time I'll add a car to it they believe again. They're forgiving you. They still believe because that's a child. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? But how come you you don't believe you don't have faith. You don't forgive. It means you are not even converted to a child yet. So how can you grow? So I don't care how much tongues you speak. I don't care how many revelations you see. If you don't know how to forgive somebody, your prophecies don't mean anything. Hallelujah. You are just a baby. Amen. Mark of our, 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 can I take my jacket off? I have to ask my, my manager before I get in trouble. <laughs> Am I in trouble already? <laughs> Let me ask you. You don't live with me in my house. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> if we expect to be forgiven, then we need to extend forgiveness to somebody. It's a seed. Amen. When you sow forgiveness, you reap forgiveness. Hallelujah. Number five, is it? Being, sorry? So number one, in case you you were not paying attention, number one is what? Forgiveness is the main thing Jesus preached. Oh, put your hands together to the, for the, right. You're welcome. Who won? Oh, I, I, out of curiosity. Who won? Who won? I said, who won? He, he won. Okay, we'll talk about it. You won? Okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Number two, forgiveness keeps bitterness from developing and causing problems. Number three is an example of Christian Christianity and maturity, isn't it? And then it's also the need to forgive. Number five, being forgiven is part of God's nature and character. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 9, the Bible says, To the Lord our God, miracles belong mercies and forgiveness. 
though we rebelled against him. Hallelujah. So what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? If you don't know the definition for something, the best way to find the definition for something is to look at what it is not. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if I say what's an elephant and you, don't, you have never seen an elephant before, then let's eliminate what it is not. Then we can find what it is. Hallelujah. So forgiveness is not acting like it never happened. Forgiveness is not just pretending as if the person didn't do that, the thing they did. That is not forgiveness. That's pretending that it didn't happen. Forgiveness is not becoming a dormant, subservient enabler. Let me explain. You know, there are, there are some abusive spouses, abusive husband, abusive wife. Do you, do you get it? Who is either physically or verbally abusing, the, the emotionally abusing the person. And you say, oh, uh, I, I, I'm forgiving him, so I won't say anything. No, no, you are not. That is not forgiveness. You are enabling him to behave badly. Am I making sense? So, somebody stepping on your foot and you decide not to complain about the pain you are feeling and keep, that is not forgiveness. That's enabling the person to behave inappropriately. To continue hurting you. So it is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not restoring the relationship without talking about it. It's like, let's say this is my friend and she offends me and then I go and come and I behave as if it did, nothing has happened. Let's, let's keep rolling like before. That's not forgiveness. That's pretense. Am I making sense? Forgiveness is not denying that it, 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 it happened. Somebody raped you and you want to pretend that it didn't happen because you are forgiving them. That's not forgiveness. That's covering up. So are we getting closer to the definition of what forgiveness is? So number what it was not number one is what? It's not acting or pretending that it didn't happen. Number two, not what? As if it didn't happen. Number three, becoming a dormant enabler. And number four, restoring without talking about it or denying that it happened. Forgiveness is not also the lack of accountability or consequences. Are you with me? Because how then will the person learn not to repeat that action? So there must be accountability. When the man in the parable we read, when the man called his servant, he asked the servant, where's my 5,000 denarius? And the man says, have mercy on me. I will pay you all. Then the man says, forget about the 5,000. You don't owe me anymore. I have forgiven you that debt. There was accountability and there was forgiveness. Am I making sense? Some of us, when we offend God, we pretend as if we didn't do anything. And we come back and pray without accountability to ask for forgiveness. Am, am I making sense? You have, to, you have to confess your sins. Bible says in 1 John 1 that if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to come to a place where we fess up to at the responsibility that we have done the wrong or let the person know what they did wrong to you. That is working in forgiveness. Am I talking to somebody? Let, the, let there be accountability that, listen, this thing you did was wrong, but I forgive you. Tell your husband, honey, the way you spoke to me in front of your friends was no good. You know, when we first got married, I used to have a lot of sins. And instead of my wife confronting me with, oh, you did this, you did that, she goes quiet. 
All of a sudden, she's not talking. And then I'm driving. Then I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> then it's like, now you ask what question. Then she, she's the talker. I'm the quiet one. So when the talking goes down, and it goes to one, uh, one word answer, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? Yes. Is everything all right? Yes. What's happening? What did happen? Nothing. Then you know that. So now you have to try and play back from the time we got up through the morning when we had breakfast, when we left. How am I going to find out what I did wrong this time? Please tell me. I, I, I can't go back in my mind to find out when I actually offended you. So what now? <laughs> that is not how you work in forgiveness. Then when she's happy, then we start talking. Then I'm wondering when, okay, so what happened? What did I do? Uh, no. Let there be accountability so that there can be forgiveness. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Say to them that this is what you did. So that the person knows next time not to repeat the same mistake. Am I making sense? So, for you, now that you are going in, listen, the way you were raised is different from the way you were raised. Even if you are, if you are twins in the same house, you are raised differently. You, your cultures are different. So when you come together, there will be some things that he does because he has been doing it for all these 20-something, 30 years. Now you have come, you want him to suddenly behave the way you have behaved all this while. No. So he may do something that is wrong. Learn how to bring it to his attention and forgive. And my wife, when I explained that to my wife, that was the biggest mistake I made. <laughs> Today I'm on your case. <laughs> hey, she will wait. When I do something, she will wait. 10 p.m., I'll go to sleep. 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 30. She will sit. And then she goes. What's happening? Sit up, I want to talk to you. At this time of the day, are you serious? 4.30 a.m. When we were coming from church and the people were in the car, you shouted at me. Ah! (laughs) At this time of the morning, you want to talk about me shouting at you about eight hours ago. One day she woke me up. I didn't open my eye. I said, let this be the last time. <laughs> I am communicating with the angels and the salamanders. <laughs> don't, don't disturb me. <laughs> because she had been brought up that when your husband does something, wait in the cool of the day, when the pair sleep, that is the best time to talk to your husband. So she was operating what the mother said, but there was a wrong culture for me. <laughs> but find your culture and say, honey, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. But I forgive you. Hallelujah. And when you do that, it helps. See, forgiveness brings peace. Hallelujah. Forgiveness brings peace. Can I give you a few principles about forgiveness? Let's look at a few principles and we go home. The first the principle is a law that works everywhere. Like the principle of um, gravity. Anywhere in the world, you, if you jump, you come down. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. So long as you're on planet Earth, if you jump, the principle works. In the same way, the principle of forgiveness is the same principle everywhere. In every relationship, if you practice the principle, it works for you. The first principle is that forgiveness is a choice. 
you choose to forgive. I said, I, I said it yesterday. I said, one day I told my wife that from today, if there will be any fighting in this marriage, in this house, it will be you, not me. Because I choose to walk in forgiveness. I choose that from today, it doesn't matter what you do, I will not get offended. And that was the beginning of peace in my home. Till today. Do you know why? Because see, a boxing ring. If one opponent enters and the second opponent refuses to go into the ring, would there be a fight? That fight will never happen. So I told her that from today, I've decided never to enter the ring with you. So if you are going to a boxing ring, you are there by yourself. Because I've decided to walk in forgiveness. It doesn't mean that you will not offend me. But if you offend me, I'll find a way. Because I read somewhere that Jesus said that, Father, forgive them for they know not what what they do. So the one second principle of of, uh, um, forgiveness is making excuse for the one who has offended you. It's a principle. If you use that principle everywhere, it works. Father, forgive them. Forgive her. Forgive him because he doesn't know what he's doing. It's a principle. Amen. So first principle is what? A choice. Second principle is what? Make excuses. The third principle is that forgiveness Sorry, forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. I said the prison door that you refuse to go in is living in forgiveness. Hallelujah. You know, Wednesday my my wife was saying that, spoke to somebody, and the person said that, oh, you know you offended me the last time, so I deleted your number. But I forgot to block your number. Well, he was, the person was intending to block her number, but forgot to block her number. So it happened that when she called him, because I spoke to him, then as soon as I, I said, I will let my wife speak to you. So as soon as I told my wife, call him now. Then he called. When he called, I spoke to him for five minutes. And I said, oh, I'll let her call you. Then she started talking. Talking. Talking, talking. I, I went upstairs. I came back. I went to the garden. I came back because I, I wanted to hear what they were saying. <laughs> then I'll go and I'll come back. 25 minutes they were talking. Because you see, when forgiveness comes, the love is restored and the love becomes stronger. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, when you walk in forgiveness, you give yourself. When, when you get to a place where you give that gift, you bring peace. You bring the bond. You make the bond stronger. How many have had misunderstanding with your siblings? And then when you forgave, it became stronger. Misunderstanding with your friends. When you forgave, it became stronger. Misunderstanding with your spouse. When you, became, you forgive, it became stronger. The relationship grew stronger. That is what it is. It's a principle. It's a gift. Amen. So how many have we got? So the next one, forgiveness must be practiced on a daily basis. Peter went to Jesus and said that how many times must I forgive my brother who offends me? Seven times. So Peter suggested, should I forgive him seven times? In a day. And he said what? Matthew 18. Says 70 what? Times. Seven times. 490 times in a day. How can somebody offend you 490 times? (laughs) How many, how many, many hours are there in a day? So it means the person is offending you every, every two, uh, five to ten minutes. And then forgive, forgive, forgive. At some point you have to sleep. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 verse 21, 
Give me 21. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times was a question. Verse 22 says, and Jesus said, I do not say seven times, but I say 70 times, seven times. Which means that learn the principle of walking in perpetual forgiveness. Hallelujah. Learn how to forgive. Learn how to forgive on a daily basis. Learn how to forgive. A pastor once said that he has now realized that to be a pastor, you have to be a Christian first. (laughs) Because he didn't realize that pastors are the most offended people. The people that you pastor, they will offend you all the time. And they will turn around. The one mistake you make, they will never ever speak to you again. After they have offended you 70 times, 7 times, <laughs> that your one, <laughs> they write you off for life. Hallelujah. Let me give you the last principle that we can go home. Is that okay? Have you learned something? Are we going to walk in the principles of forgiveness? The principle of making excuses for the offender. I've talked about that, isn't it? So, number one what principle was what? It's a choice. Number two. Number three. A gift you give to yourself. Number four. Must be practiced daily. Number five. There's one I've left out, isn't it? All right. It's an act of obedience. Forgiveness is an act of obedience. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. Amen. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Amen. Don't be bitter towards them. Learn how to forgive them. Hallelujah. Three things about forgiveness I want to talk about quickly is that there are three different types of forgiveness. Number one, exoneration. Number two, forbearance. Number three, release. Exoneration, forbearance, and release. You see, when you forgive somebody, you have exonerated them, which means that you don't hold that against them ever again. That's the forgiveness God gives us. He forgets that we ever did that wrong. A lot of people you forgive, but you don't exonerate the person. You don't clear the table. It's like, do you remember in uh, January 2001, you did this to me? You forgave, but you didn't exonerate them. You are still marking it. So the day they will add another similar type of offense, then you go back to bring that charge, to come and bring it, to add it. Then the second type of forgiveness is forbearance. Love is kind. Love is best all things. It's long-suffering. Does not take account of evil done to it. Does not uh, uh, behave itself uh, proudly. Love forgives. Love believes. Love is kind. All those things. Yes, long-suffering is part of forgiveness. For instance, if I'm stepping on your foot. With my big foot. Stepping on your foot. And the definition of patience is the ability to suffer long. So that even though it's paining you, and because I'm on camera and everybody's watching me, you can see, ouch, move your foot off my... You, you smile. You are, you are dying slowly. That's forbearance. Sometimes you've got to learn to forgive the person consistently without even bringing it up so that there will be peace. Are you getting it? That's another type of forgiveness. Then the last one is the release. 
that they did it. You are in prison, but today I decided I'm letting it go. So today I'm releasing the prison door to say that from today, we are okay. Nothing has happened. I forgive you. We are cool. Hallelujah. Learn to give yourself that gift today. Somebody offended you, learn to forgive them. Last week I was preaching in hall and I said that there's one person that is the most difficult to forgive. You can't go forgive everybody else, but there's one person that is not, is the most difficult person to forgive. Do you know who that person is? Yourself. And I said, Judas denied Jesus one time. Peter denied Jesus three times. A denial is what? A denial. Peter was actually told that before the cock crows three times tonight, you will deny me three times. So he knew. He had the, uh, what do you call, foreknowledge on what he was about. Judas also had the foreknowledge that one of you will betray me. Are you, but it was a vague one. He went and gave the high priest, asked them to give 30 shekels of, and then I'll point the one that you need to catch in the night. So he betrayed Jesus one time. Judas, uh, Peter, one, two, three. When Judas realized what he had done. He went back to the high priest and said, take your money. Then he said, no, we don't accept blood money. You've collected it, so go. Bible says that he turned and threw the money in the temple and went his way and hung himself. He could not forgive himself. But Peter went back to his company after he had repented. He went back and he forgave himself and he went back to the people and he was frying uh, fish for them. I go out fishing. So in John chapter 21, the Bible says that, and Jesus came to, came and asked Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. The reason why Jesus asked Peter three times. It was God. Peter denied Jesus three times. Do you love me? Feed my lamb. Feed my sheep. Feed. Do you love me? Because you, you, I don't trust you. you. You denied me three times. So I'm going to ask you three times. He learned to forgive himself, Peter. That is why Peter is still the rock on which Christianity is being built. But Judas could not forgive himself. To this afternoon, I pray to God that you forgive yourself some of the mistakes you have made. And forgive others. Stand to your feet.